Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, we're back. We are. <laughs> you almost welcomed me. I, I almost welcomed once you. I'm not going to do that anymore. Um, we're laughing because I don't know. Because um, we, we have so much fun together. We have so much fun together. And we've. And we've, there's one common question that comes up with new guests. What's up? Um, can we have some prep? What are we talking about? What are the <laughs> questions? And our and our and the guests that we're just about to introduce um, just fell right into line. Asked, and they're good questions. They're good questions. But the reality is, um, for anyone that has not participated in this, as a guest, that there, this is free flow. I mean, as 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 good as it sounds, that it comes together. There's really there's no prep, and there's a reason for that. And uh, I like for people to think that's intentional. Uh, the reason is we actually have legit awesome conversations with people in social situations that we don't prep for. But gold comes out of those conversations. So that's what we wanted to mimic in the boiling point. And um, I'm going to stick to that story. So welcome, <laughs> Bethany Desfande, to the boiling point. Bethany. How are you doing today? Great. How are you? Fantastic. Are you ready for all our questions? <laughs> no, but I don't think you gave me a choice there. So here we are. <laughs> so here we well, are. Here's, here's really something really interesting in Bethany's bio. Scientist turned entrepreneur. I'd like to start right there. Tell us a little mm. bit about um, the experience of going from scientist to entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I put that because I think that there are so many places in entrepreneurship where scientists get a little bit of a bad rep. Um, sometimes deservedly so, but not always. So I completed a PhD in biology at Laval University in 2016 and directly after that moved to New Brunswick, um, Frederick in New Brunswick. And there are so many things that I learned during my PhD that um, have helped me in this business, that have helped me getting Somatotech sort of off the ground and rolling. And yeah, and I think scientific knowledge, tech knowledge is so critical sometimes. And so, um, yeah, I, I just like to sort of always highlight that um, as a strength, not as, you know, a hindrance to being able to put together a business and make that business go. And I, and I would say, um, so that's, so thank you. That's a really good point. And then I would say, especially in your business, um, you know, in terms of what you're doing. And I had that. Now, Greg, I don't think he had this um, opportunity, but I had a, a, a chance to hear you as part of an audience. Um, I guess it would call a pitch at the Breakthrough Awards with the New Brunswick Innovation Foundation. Yes. And, and you were brilliant. Yeah. I want to just say that. It was, you were very clear, succinct. It was really quite, um, you know, and, 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 but, but why, don't you, why don't you share that pitch or a, a component of that with the, the listeners right now um, so they can get a better sense of what Soma Detect is? Sure. Although we, I, I will start by saying we've come a long way. So that was almost a year ago now, okay. um, which is a little bit hard to imagine. Yeah. So Soma Detect is an agricultural technology company that provides farmers with the information they need to make the best possible milk um, using the resources that we have today. So um, we can help farmers do all kinds of things to have, you know, better herd health, better care for their animals, as well as really producing really high quality milk. 
Um, so a lot of farmers, you know, if you have a herd, even 100 cows, which is a relatively small farm size, um, there are sick cows and you don't always know exactly which cows are sick, what they're sick with and how best to treat them. Um, they deal regularly with um, all kinds of challenges with feed, um, being confident and certain that they're using the right feed rations. And then, of course, there are all these sort of fear factor things on farms. So um, antibiotic contamination is absolutely a big one. But what Somatotype does is we provide, um, you know, assurance. We help farmers diagnose uh, three uh, really common diseases in dairy and select treatments that are most effective for what they're dealing with. We help them um, stop low-quality or contaminated milk before it enters the bulk milk supply and then um, help them uh, manage, you know, nutritional needs on their farm, make sure that their cows are eating the right stuff and getting enough of that food. This is really oh, yeah, this is cool, Bethany. Now, would that be through um, taking samples of milk or blood or anything else? Like, what's the measure? I mean, how, how's the technology uh, uh, help you facilitate this? Yeah, so we measure um, five really key compounds in dairy. So, so two of them are fat and protein content. So these are major nutritional compounds of milk. This is, you know, we drink milk for the fat and the protein, and that's what is used. Uh, you know, cheese and butter and all of this is different um, concentrations of fat and different sort of um, uh, processes in making those foods. But that's what farmers are paid on, um, it's, which is really key to understand. You don't always realize this, but farmers are paid not purely on the volume of the milk, but on the amount of fat and protein that is in the milk that they're shipping. So those that. are things they really care about. And then if you if we look at fat to protein ratios, those give all kinds of indicators of when I talk about nutritional health and if they're eating the right stuff. If a cow is not getting the right sort of amount of protein, they won't have the right amount of protein come out in their milk, and, and you know that they need a feed adjustment. So um, th- that's really key. Um, the other... Mm-hmm. No, no, go ahead. You, you, I cut you off. Yeah, no. Another thing we are able to do is uh, measurements of somatic cell counts. And so somatic cells in milk, they're just, um, so they're always a little bit, and that's great. There should be some. Um, when there are a lot, it's typically because of an infection called mastitis, um, which any breastfeeding women um, will know about and then just seem to not be aware that this is a disease. So this is something that we as people get um, and also that cows get. And it's so, it's like uncomfortable. They will have a fever um, and the milk quality just plummets. Um, you, most, you know, you do not want to drink milk from a cow with mastitis most of the time. Um, and farmers do not want to be putting that in their bulk tank, and they do not want their cows to have mastitis. So we're able to diagnose that really early, which is great, um, and, and basically use, um, you know, treatments like milking more frequently rather than using antibiotics because we're, because we're catching it that much quicker. Mm. Um, so there's, there's all kinds of really cool of decisions that farmers are able to make with our data that help them um, care for their herd and and just cut costs um, or cut the seriousness of what they have to deal with. And, yeah, um, and then the two other, yeah, I was going to say the two other things we do is reproductive status. So, um, you know, keeping cow, having a cow, you inseminate cows, they get pregnant, 
and then knowing which cows are pregnant, which cows are in heat and ready for insemination. All of that is so key because if cows are not having babies, they're not producing milk. And then last is antibiotic residuals. So nobody wants antibiotic in their milk, not consumers, not processors, not mm-hmm. farmers. And mm-hmm. we just catch it before, um, before it gets into the bulk tank. That's so interesting. And the, uh, you know, I, uh, I did something really interesting um, for me. It's probably quite normal for other people. But uh, Dave and I know uh, a doctor out of Toronto who has a clinic that does DNA testing. It was really, mm-hmm. it was really cool for me because I went down and there's like a saliva swab and some blood and things like this. But what she came, the data that I got in this, in this really well laid out portfolio, me being a, a common Joe type of dude, you know, like um, uh, it really laid it out in a very simple term saying, hey, this is where this is what this means for you and your lifestyle. We suggest you do this to 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 make the positive impacts. Would it be similar oh, to that? Oh, that's so um, interesting. Yeah, would it be similar to that in a way where the farmer says, "Okay, this is what this is what we big the big data is spitting it out." I suppose, like, um, is that what's happening? Like, uh, depending on what the tests show, here are the recommendations. Is that kind of how how the business? Yeah, works? exactly. And I mean, the everything that we measure, there are things that farmers use today. So we right now we don't make recommendations. We we do want to moving forward and sort of build up. Um, the analytical capabilities, but even farmers are able to look at that data and know um, what decisions to make and what is best for their farm. So it's, part of it is that, but a lot of it is just making sure that they're informed when they need to be informed in order to be able to take those actions. And w- one more really quick one before Dave. Um, <laughs> Dave Dave's got a question he wants. Is this something that the farmer needs to send away to a lab or is it like on-site technology? No, so that's that's the benefit. So it's real time and it's automated. So um, farmers, you know, you can get a, an alert on your phone or computer. You can watch the software. You can watch the data come in if you want to, although not everyone is sitting at a computer during milking, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it, the, the point is that they don't have to send it away to a lab. So they're not waiting for data to be able to respond. So real time, you know, that that is, that is present. So is there... We just we jumped right into the business. You mentioned that it's so interesting. It's, it's been it's been a year, <laughs> yeah. and a lot has happened, right? But maybe can we back mm-hmm. up a little bit? You talked about go, you know going uh, finishing your PhD in Laval, and then you come to New Brunswick, and then and and did this did the the genesis of the company begin shortly after that? Maybe take us back there. Like what brought you to New Brunswick, and um, yeah. and, and then what what you know why working with cows? So I always think. There are so many things that happened all at once that that was just like the perfect storm for um, me, found, like sort of starting this business and doing this. That um, the more I got into it, the more I felt like it was the right thing to do. It was the right place for me to be, and that um, you know that I was really enjoying it. And it's you know I don't come from dairy. I didn't grow up on a farm. I had to learn how you know, farms operate, how cows are milked, and um, the challenges that farmers deal with. But the more and more I learned, the more I felt sucked into this, what's really started more as a, pro, you know, a side project than, than a, a company. And um, it sort of went from there. So, so some of those things are, like during my PhD, I worked with sensors and lakes. And so I, w- I had sort of come to understand and be aware of um, where we are in terms of sensing technology and you know, what can be automated and what we can do once these things are automated, how much that unlocks, but also the challenge of, you know, dealing with big data. So one of the things I did is I measured temperature at like 
three or four different depths in a lake every five seconds for a year. And it was just such a daunting amount of data when wow. I picked up my sensors and I plugged them in. Yeah, it was, I was just like, what was I thinking? This is, it, it, it was an insane amount of data. Um, but really gave me an appreciation for the importance of analytics, the importance of, um, you know, transforming raw data into really meaningful things. And I think that there are lots of people mm. in the province of New Brunswick doing lots. I mean, all over, I think this has come, become important. But even, you know, we have um, Open Data Atlantic. We have work that NB Sprint is doing and the, the Pondish Penne Center and all of these places that um, is all around. And, of course, the government of New Brunswick as a whole has a, um, a sort of data strategy of making data open and making data sort of more manageable for people. And I think... So that, that was one piece of it. The other was, so my husband, Nicholas, was working for the Pondish Penny Center. And he, so I was sort of going to different events with him as like the tag along wife and getting to know different people in the entrepreneurial community. We've been involved with, the, with entrepreneurship in Quebec City where we were living before, um, but really saw something different in New Brunswick. We saw a really active community and I think also many groups of people working together to build that ecosystem. And so I, you know, so, so part of this started because I would go to these events and people would say, Oh, what are you working on? And then I would go, Oh, I didn't know I was supposed to have an idea. Um, <laughs> Welcome to New Brunswick. And, and yeah, that's right. And then just kind of make things up from there. So, and, and the idea of this is it's not my idea. It, it's a, an invention of my father. My dad is an inventor and a biophysicist by training. And he's been building um, this sort of sensor system for years, not necessarily for the dairy industry, but for other applications. And so I knew a little bit about what it could do in, in dairy, although I, I didn't know that much about the industry. Um, but I just sort of, I started pitching his idea and learning also about funding programs that, that could be available. So a lot of this was, you know, I, I talked to my dad almost every day or my parents. And I, I remember saying once to my dad, you know, if you looked into funding programs, you might want to apply for this grant or that grant to be able to, you know, build these ideas out further or do something further. And my dad's response was just like, oh, you do it. Like, it, it was very much like that. So uh, it sort of, it was all of those things happening at once, as well as being in New Brunswick. Like, I think that one of the absolute strengths of the province that we don't always recognize is just how small and tight-knit it is. So very quickly, I was speaking with dairy farmers that people so people had just like talked to their buddies and then mm -hmm. word spread to the farming community yeah so starting to get phone calls as well as um speaking to some of the really lead people for dairy innovation and so forth in the province of new Brunswick. so it was all of those things happening at once and i found you know week by week day by day i was just like going down this rabbit hole and pretty soon found myself just completely i don't know in love and excited but also um pretty overwhelmed with the the response what what is like speaking of the response just use that as a segue like from the from the agriculture industry itself like what what has you know in terms of leveraging technology is there is there an openness to it is there uh you know were they was there a bit of a wall you had to get across to to, to talk to to dairy farmers like what was you know what has been the overall feeling no, so dairy farmers are some of the most like welcoming, open people I think out there. So we, for a long time, I would just show up on a farm and I'd say, hey, like I'd like to talk to you about an, a thing I'm working on or a new technology out of Fredericton, and they'd be like, okay, sure, like let's 
let's hear it. Um, and then sometimes the whole family will come. You know, often a farm, when you visit a farm, you're visiting someone's workplace, but you're also visiting someone's home. Mm-hmm. So you will meet, you know, their kids. You will meet their, sometimes the brother or the uncle or the dad or the, you know, the grandma. And you will meet the wife. You will meet sisters and brothers and all of these things. And so um, it is actually such a welcoming thing to show up on a farm with an idea um, at that point, I didn't, you know, I, I don't even think I had a prototype most of the time. And I was just saying, what if we did this? Or what do you think of that? And um, the response from farmers has always been just absolutely wonderful, very open. They're they're excited. They understand what this technology means to them and to their cows and to their milk quality. And um, that's something that they, I think, have been wanting for a long time. What I find with Soma Detect is it's so much harder to convince people from outside of dairy. So who don't, um, you know, who don't understand agriculture. Yeah. Who don't, who have never been on a farm. Um, I find myself having some really funny conversations, especially with funders and VCs and that kind of thing where, um, you know, they, they don't always realize where their food comes from. They don't always realize what it takes to get um, milk out of a cow and into a jug. And so um, that that's really the funny part here. I I find myself sometimes explaining like very basic reproduction and then people being like, oh, wow, <laughs> like, you know, that kind of thing. I, I think that, that that should be the basis of, of a blog. <laughs> All the... All the crazy yeah. stories, I, or all the things I have to explain to people. When, uh, but but there's, but I think you bring up a good point, Bethany. I think there's a real disc, like people are disconnected oh gosh, with yeah. their food source, including myself. You know, and, they are, and and when we forget where this comes from, it doesn't just show up in this Teflon package. You know, it's actually produced. You know, on a farm somewhere, yeah. whether it's a, um, you know, wh- whether it's vegetable, whether it's meat, milk, whatever. You know, and I think as well the connection. Yeah, there. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say there's an army of people out there making our food each and every day. And for dairy farmers, that means, you know, farmers get up regularly at 4 a.m. And like that's when their day starts. And even the one thing I love about the dairy industry, dairy farmers, is how active they are on Twitter. And also the like they'll they so some of them will post these fantastic photos any anytime a calf is born you'll see like a baby cow. Um, but also on Christmas Day, they're like, yep, getting to work. And um, it's it gives you such an incredible look into the industry, but also an appreciation of the work that they're doing right from, you know, your computer. So part of me also says there's, we have no excuse anymore for to not know um, where our food comes from. What tell, um, you know, in, in we're kind of coming to the tail end here. Um, and I'm curious about, you know, kind of the other side of, you know, commercializing this and, and getting, you know, just tell, tell us a little bit about, you know, what that's been like, you know, what the response, you, you mentioned you mentioned VCs and that sort of thing earlier, um, you know, kind of what's the trajectory been, you know, what are you learning and, and you know, how do people learn more about you guys and, and what you're doing? Sure, yeah. I mean, so that's a big question. Actually, I don't even know where to start. Um, we, so we got a little bit of early funding and then grant programs, which really helped us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, in October of 2017, won a competition called uh, 43 North. And so through that program, we get office space in Buffalo, we get fantastic mentorship, and we get a million dollars U.S. to spend building our business. So um, that has brought us sort of our first U.S. office, which is really exciting, as well as being um, close to a really big part of the U.S. dairy industry yeah. in New York State. 
Yes. That's amazing. Um, Congratulations on that, by the way. That's that's huge. Thank you. Huge. Yeah, it was it was a huge surprise, but um, such a wonderful sort of award. And I think a a clear like that's another one where I felt I came out of there feeling like people cared so much about where their food is coming from, and also about um, helping the food system to improve and helping to really optimize those key things. So it was it was just an, an incredibly fantastic experience. Um, and yeah, for dairy farmers or anyone in the dairy industry that wants to know more, we have a website at uh, somadetect.com, S-O-M-A-D-E-T-E-C-T.com. And they can sign up there to be one of our pilot sites um, or just ask for information. We're always happy to sort of share things and um, get connected with anyone that would, would want to use our system. And uh, Bethy, thank you for choosing New Brunswick too. Dave and I are... Uh are fierce uh, ambassadors for this place and always love hearing stories <laughs> yes. of people uh, who have found the assets of this place, the place that I call home, that I love. And uh, the fact that you can grow international businesses from here, you know, so, I, uh, you know, good on you for, for finding the right place to be for your business, you know, so uh, we, Thank you. we yeah. wel- welcome you here. <laughs> oh, yes. No, and I'm hugely appreciative of all the support we've gotten from New Brunswick as well. I, I think, I don't think I would have been able to do this anywhere else and certainly not at the speed um, that we've, that we've been going. And so, um, yeah, I absolutely recognize um, all that the province has helped with. It's been, it's been incredible. Well, I think that's a great place to close. Bethany, how did we do? Did we uh, did we totally throw you off your game? No, I, w- I was fine. Right? <laughs> you nailed it. You're, you're more than nailed fine. It. You're more nailed than it. fine. <laughs> did, did, I, was it Sean? Was it Sean? I just want to give a shout out to Sean. Was he the one that introduced us? I want to say. Oh, po- po- probably. Sean Smith. Okay. Sean, of Sean Smith. Sean Smith, yeah. From uh, DMAX. Okay. Yeah. Sean, thank you, Sean. We love yeah, you, buddy. <laughs> Sean and I both work at the Ville. So we've been, we cross paths more, which is really great. And um, he's always been so supportive of Soma Detect since we started. And I feel like every time I talk to Sean, I learn something just absolutely incredible about um, him, about myself, and about the world. So, yeah. And I love his uh, cubbyhole office there. It's, it's awesome. I, when, yes. I, when I stop in, <laughs> uh, it's just, it's a good little vibe office that Sean's and got. He, he's a real a great example he, of an ambassador. You know what I mean? Oh my he's gosh, always promoting yeah. others, and he's been a big fan of ours, a big supporter of us, supporter of ours, yeah. and yeah. and we're big fans of him. And and so and then we have to meet Bethany. So this yeah. is very cool. Bethany, thank you so much. Wonderful. And uh, we will uh, <laughs> we, we will t- chat with you when we meet you in person. Okay. Okay. Sure. Take care. <laughs> See you, Bethany. Bye. Thanks. Bye. I think I think that's a perfect example of. The st- type of stories that ONB would be looking for, <laughs> you know, like these are great stories of New Brunswick su- success. Yeah, um, someone, someone, someone came here because this CFA, made sense. Come from away, come yeah. from away, totally. And and it's I I do I mean you're you're um, you're a great example of someone, you know, born and bred and and very proud of this place and and um, you know very comfortable, confident sharing kind of what this province means to you. Um, for some reason, I believe that people that are from away like myself, it's even easier to describe it because you, you're, you know, um, this is a place you've chosen to be, you mm-hmm. know? And when I listen to Bethany and, and her story, it's, it's quite cool. So 
And what a neat, like, and by the way, she, she did this fabulous job. And, and I have this vivid memory of, of her pitch. I, I'm going to say it was a pitch. I believe it was, um, and, but you know, she, you know, she did it a little bit there, but just succinctly explaining what they're doing. And that's not an easy thing to do. Um, and I like how, and from a takeaway for me, I like how she's chosen to remind people that she is a scientist and became an entrepreneur and the, the, the value of having that, that kind of that, that probably critical thinking and that rigor and that um, academic background, you know, what that provides um, entrepreneurship. So, so good, good on her. And she, and, and, uh, and just really nice to meet her. You just got a good, I can imagine just, just in listening to her today in our conversation, I can imagine how she could walk up into, onto a dairy farm and they'd probably, you know, warm right up to her and say, you know, cause she's just, she's just got a very warm personality. I, uh, I also think this is a good segue to, um, you know, the fact that clearly she's a thought leader in this space and everything that we're building with the boiling point process, um, which I would suspect by the time this podcast airs, the boiling point process.net will be up and going for our listeners to hop that's, into. That's ambitious of you saying that now. We're many, many episodes ahead of, ahead of the schedule. We, we got a good team behind us, Dave. We do. We do. Thanks to you. So, um, yeah, the, the whole thought leadership thing, like how do we amplify voices like Bethany's right. more so? And, um, right. Well, and, and how did, and you know, and uh, okay, so to get into it, like, you know, when you, you listen to how she became a subject matter expert. Right. Um, you know, there's, there's, that's part of our process and she had a way of doing that as, and she didn't go into depth, but, but that fits nicely. I, you just got, you just inspired me so much. <laughs> we now have to start asking questions specifically. How did you? Yeah. Uh, right. Bam. Okay. Bam. So thank you, Bethany, for your inspiration. Thank you, Dave, for being brilliant. And for anybody who's curious about the boiling point process, Go to boingpointprocess.net. I am being that <laughs> bold, and I'm going to say it's going to be launched by now. Nice. By the time you listen to this, I all right? can't wait. And we want and there's, to- And there's some good videos out there of us talking about that's it. That's right. That's right. And we really want to get- uh, We want to share a lot of the knowledge that we've been able to gain over the last 200 episodes talking to thought leaders and our own experiences, Dave, about you know finding our position of thought leadership in the world. Totally. And there's a reason I think we- um, we pause to get these takeaways because that really drills in the learning for us from these from these various interviews, right? Totally. And we're um, man, we got to learn some cool people. Yeah, was what a what a gift. Especially for two dorks like you and I, it's really nice to meet some really cool, <laughs> awesome people. And I love last thing I know we're going over it. I just love how everyone goes uh, like just without fail. People go like, okay, so what's the f- like like what's the questions? <laughs> Sorry, are we doing a preamble? <laughs> no, no, we're doing it right now. We're doing it. Like what? So we're, we're giving it away. But but for anyone else that comes on, it's fun. It's better to not know. Don't be otherwise, prepared. Otherwise, it's too canned. It's life just, is life's too uh, life's too short to be prepared, right? Yeah, yeah. but there but. <laughs> But I like to believe also that that guests hopefully always feel they're in good, safe hands. Like we're not gonna, you know. Now we will might throw each other under the bus. We're not gonna throw. Well, we. Guess. Well, I think unless we know okay, the guests. unless you're Kelly Van Bus, <laughs> I think we threw him under the bus. I get well, and I knew when we did that, or when I did that, I thought, <laughs> oh, here it comes. Yeah. I got back yeah. twice as bad, man. Cool, Dave. Well, I've got a, we got a very special uh, guest coming in uh, next week, uh, yes. live in the house, um, a, a friend, um, a love economist, if you will. I will uh, yeah. introduce you to Jocelyn next week. Cool. Cool, man. See you, buddy. Bye. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. 
To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.